Hello, and welcome back to the Glossy Week in Review podcast. I'm your host, senior fashion reporter Danny Prezi, and I'm here once again with our editor-in-chief, Jill Manoff. How's it going, Jill? Good. Happy to be back. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you were absent from Week in Review for a couple of weeks. You were busy and traveling and on vacation, and we had guests and stuff. There's a lot to talk about. How was your, how was your vacation, by the way? You were off for a full week. I was in Malibu. It was amazing. Too chilly, but... I no complaints. Mm. <laughs> I guess it's a complaint. It was good. One complaint, one small <laughs> complaint. Um, cool. Well, we've got a couple fun things to talk about. Obviously, the the big huge one was Pharrell Williams' first show for Louis Vuitton was this week. It was so huge. Um, everyone was talking about it. Lots of articles and discussions and videos and. Um, I have a bunch of thoughts about it, and so we'll talk about that first. Um, but then we're also going to talk about Christopher Kane possibly shuttering. Um, we're recording this on Wednesday, and it seems like stuff is happening with that brand pretty quickly. So maybe by the time this is out, it will be definite. But as of Wednesday, it seems like they are likely maybe shutting down soon. And then finally, we will talk about Vans um, coming out with a new or announcing a new premium line um, in Paris this week. That's going to be sort of pushing them up into kind of a new price bracket. So we'll get to that later. Um, But let's start with the Louis Vuitton show. Like I said, this was Pharrell's um, grand debut as the new creative director. He took over in February, and it's been a long wait to kind of see uh, what his first big show was going to look like. It literally could not have been more extravagant. It was on the Pont Neuf Bridge in Paris. There was like every celebrity you could possibly imagine was there. Uh, Rihanna, Beyonce, Jay-Z performed after the show. It was like just, you know, Louis Vuitton has more money than God and just spent it all on the show. and, And you could tell. Funnily enough, I kind of felt like the clothes were the not not bad in any way, but like kind of the least notable part. It was more about like the spectacle and the extravagance, which really just goes straight to the heart of the whole thing of Louis Vuitton appointing Pharrell, which is this question of like, is celebrity and spectacle and buzz overtaking like design and stuff? And, and I don't want to overstate that because the the clothes were cool. Like I thought there was a lot of cool stuff. They, a lot of big hats, which is definitely a Pharrell staple. Um, definitely nothing bad about it from what I saw. I liked the use of that classic Louis Vuitton, uh, like checkerboard kind of pattern um, and how that was kind of reinterpreted in a couple different ways. It was, it was a cool show and I thought the clothes were cool, but it definitely was like the most extravagant fashion show I've, I've witnessed. What did you think, Joe? Yeah. I mean, I think it got an A plus. Everybody was sitting there waiting to judge. Um, so it definitely came out with a bang, knocked it out of the park, all the things. Um, but yeah, it's like, can this be replicated season after season? It's you debuted new music you've been working on for years. You had the biggest of the big celebs. Um, different, you know, we have, we've seen this before where it's new interpretations of the iconic logo for a, for a brand with um, the new camouflage that looked very pixelated. The kind of checkerboard print you were talking about, it kind of reminded everyone of the Lueve spring 2023 um, pixelated uh, clothes. So it wasn't like the freshest clothes. Like you said, the clothing was the I don't know, backstory behind the scenes. It was just kind of mentioned. Um, whereas this cultural, it's not just like tapping into pop culture and, and tapping into all of these different notes that are relevant now to be, to be relevant, which does Louis Vuitton need to do this right now? It's like the biggest brand, but I think any brand needs to do this right now. Um, which we'll get to Christopher Kane, where it's not an easy time for fashion brands. Um, but it's just, 
is this the new norm? Kind of. Um, it, you have to have a moment, especially you're live streaming around the world and you want to, the people who are there felt special. Everybody wanted to be there. It was just, it wasn't tap, only tapping into the culture. It was creating a cultural moment, I would say. And it successfully did that, I I think. It definitely did. And I think Louis Vuitton is an interesting brand because they are so almost comically lucrative. They have so much money and they're so big that they're kind of like, beyond they're they're literally beyond a fashion brand in that they do a lot of stuff that's not fashion they have restaurants and hotels and they publish books and they design trophies and you know they do so much stuff that's not they do stationary they, they do so much stuff that's not fashion and um there was a, a quote there's a great new york times article the other day about the kind of like behind the scenes of how Pharrell was appointed. And um, they had a quote from this LVMH executive, Pietro Bacari, who was saying they didn't want a, a classical designer. They wanted someone who was kind of a Renaissance man and who had, you know, fingers in everything like music and art and fashion and stuff. And I, and Pharrell is definitely that. And I think Louis Vuitton, the brand is kind of that as well. It's like, so beyond just clothes, you know, we talked about it at the time, but there was this whole thing about, well, he's just like a celebrity. Obviously, he's got a design background, but he he's not like new to fashion, but he's definitely like a celebrity first and, you know, not like a Central St. Martin's kind of person or something. And he says in this New York Times article that like he's aware that he's not like he had to learn a lot of stuff when he took this job in February. So it's not even like he he Pharrell Williams acknowledges that uh, that bit of it. Um, but I and, and there was a lot of hand wringing about. Uh, is this a bad sign for people who are classically trained designers? Are, are all these big brands only going to hire celebrities and stuff? And I think that there's a little bit, there, there's something to that, but also Louis Vuitton is a little bit of an outlier because they're so huge. Like there's still tons of very prestigious, you know, luxury heritage fashion houses that have designers who are classically trained designers there's there's tons you know like chanel has um what's her name virginie viard who's like was a protege of carl lagerfeld like there, there's so many designers still who are but you know what i mean there's so many designers who are classically trained who do have a did follow that kind of normal path and i think the worrying about pharrell is like it's more like if you're a bajillion dollar brand that has this immense global cultural capital, then then maybe you start worrying that they'll get a celebrity or some huge name. But I feel like for a lot of brands, that's not as much of a, a worry. Yeah. What do you think, Joe? Yeah. And I mean, Louis Vuitton, no, no doubt has these people in house. They're not the face of the brand, but they're under under Pharrell's, I guess creative leadership now. Um, so no shortage of design talent, tailors. I mean, there in the articles that were leading up to the show, there was a lot of talk about, you know, um, I can basically he can say anything and they'll pull it off beautifully. Um, and he was very like wowed by that. Um, which it reminded me, I, I'm writing my briefing this week on, uh, I'm, I'm pulling out a lot of references to a story I did I think within the year on Pharrell's Jupiter um, auction house yes. online, like it's become a big business. It gets, it gets a lot of buzz. Um, and I went in deep on that. And um, there are a lot of, you know, I wouldn't say similarities, but like things that I discovered while writing that um, it makes sense why they would want a Pharrell in this role. Like it was about inclusivity where they didn't have a lot of like full-time staffers. Uh, they pulled in a lot of, 
agencies and creatives and outside folks who really came together to create the website and create the marketing and every little element of this operation. Um, it was just uniquely run. Also the, um, I, hmm, I want to say like inclusivity. Anyway, he knows what he's doing <laughs> and the things that he's selling on Jupiter are, they all tie to a cultural moment. I'm, it's like a chain that he wore on the stage. So I'm, my, my story is really kind of, I'm, I'm pulling out this idea of like the merchification of fashion. It's like, you want it to be there. This was a moment in time. And it's like, can this be replicated? Um, you want to buy into it next season. Will this new camouflage be over? Maybe not. It's kind of keeping hype alive and fueling the newness. And uh, it's not quiet luxury. That's for sure. But um, anyway, he knows what he's doing. I'm, I'm saying a lot. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, he, he he's definitely I think his his greatest power is just having incredibly good taste. You know, he's kind of like more curatorial rather than a design person, you know, from from the beginning. Um, and I think Virgil kind of had that too. I mean, that's people, so many people said that after he died that like he just had super eclectic taste and he was always like finding stuff like cool, interesting stuff that other people weren't finding. And a little bit seems like, like you said, Louis Vuitton has like the best like actual craftsman in the world. If, if he wants to make something, they can make it, but he's the one with like the vision or the, the kind of like sense of what, and something I love about Pharrell actually is like looking back at any decade of Pharrell, like any outfit he's ever worn, even though you can sometimes look at it and be like, this looks like a 2003 outfit. It doesn't, he's like, doesn't feel super dated, you know, like he's just so he's been so stylish for so many years that even when he's wearing something that's like notably of a certain decade, it just like looks cool. He's just always had really good taste. And I think maybe again, like at a big, big brand like Louis Vuitton, that's got an army of, you know, craftsmen who can do anything. It's maybe more useful to have someone who's just really good at picking from those possibilities. Whereas maybe a smaller brand, it's like you would need someone who can like make those things in the first place kind of leading it does that make sense so right like a tastemaker like they have all the power they could really wrangle in anybody that they wanted to walk the runway design something like but maybe they don't know who's like cool right now let's be real and so um i don't know if you saw like our friend dao yi chow walked the runway did you see so anyway i did not oh my god that's so cool i love him so cool and so they have a history together and just like people he he brought in for this it was definitely like a community people had a reason for being there like it wasn't just random folks again inclusivity diversity but yeah the tastemaker who who knew the, who to point to? Um, I don't know Kim Kardashian. It's like okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, it's just like the power people um, that people care about now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I, I could, I feel like we could do a whole episode just on, on this topic. But um, let's move on, unless you have any really pressing other thoughts on yeah. Pharrell or on the show. Let's go. Um, so mentioned earlier but um gonna preface this to say we are recording this wednesday afternoon things might be different by the time this goes out on friday but it seems like as of wednesday afternoon um the british fashion brand christopher kane is looking very likely to shut down um sometime soon they are burdened with a lot of debt and will likely just completely collapse and unless they can extremely last second find a buyer or uh, an investor to kind of keep it afloat um and 
I wanted to talk about this because there's a they've had an interesting path, and also I do think that there's probably going to be more of this in the next couple of years, unfortunately. Um, but to start, they so Christopher Kane had kind of an interesting path. They started, I think, in the early 2000s. They were bought by Caring in 2013, but then kind of taken control back from Caring in 2018, I think. It was like five or yeah, six years ago. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then it's kind of just been like quietly trucking along since then. They've been worn by a lot of famous people like Michelle Obama and, and Christopher Kane himself is like active in fashion and he's around and in the, in the public, like all the time. It's just seems like, um, it just seems like it's a really tough time for a lot of brands. I, I don't know. I don't have any super inside knowledge of what was going on here that led them to the brink of, you know bankruptcy basically but i just have a feeling there's going to be a lot of this not from louis vuitton but from a lot of other brands i think there's going to be abrupt shutdowns and lots of debt that comes calling and an inability to pay it and it just i don't know it's uh, it's feeling a little bleak to me for for brands that are kind of in this tier you know yeah what do you think joe yeah i think it was um Shocking. I, I know that the brand showed resort not too long ago within within weeks. Um, and evening, it's one of those UK British staples where, um, you know, London Fashion Week has always championed young independent designers. And but you could always count on those one those signature brands being there and kind of the pillars of this event, uh, Christopher Kane and Burberry and whoever. Um, so Yeah, it's sad. Um, 17 years old. Um, And in 2019, which this has been really top of mind for me because I've been looking for cool fashion brands that do home decor for my apartment. So he came out with a new line called more joy, um, which was very simple. Apparently like the, the typeface, the, the font was pulled from the joy of sex book, I believe. So it just different, more joy, more sex, simple on mugs, on sweatshirts, on doormats, which I was eyeing. But, um, this apparently it, it, it's diversification of the business model, which was so smart. This was pre-pandemic. And I mean, the brands that don't have something like this, they don't have a home when home is booming. Like, wow, because this, it quadrupled during the pandemic, this more joy business, making up more than half of the purchases on ChristopherKane.com is what I read. Um, And so it's fun stuff. And they had just done a collaboration with Selfridges, had it with, it was like more joy, X Selfridges X Elton John was involved because there was like an amazing okay. doormat that said like the bitch is back and I was like that's iconic I think I need that yeah um, anyway <laughs> so um, really like fun stuff and so the fact that they could lean on that you know their clothes is their clothing ready to wear evening it was a higher price point I don't know that a lot of people are buying gowns it was ultra kind of unique dressy stuff. Um, but yeah, you got to wonder. Hunter, yeah. Authentic Brands Group, recently scooped up another brand. Oh, Hunter Boots. That's right. Yes. Yeah. In the same boat. And so, I mean, there's a chance that one of those guys that are scooping up these struggling brands. Yeah. Um, Although I think I think Authentic Brands Group just bought Hunter's like intellectual property kind of. So they basically ah. just like bought the the name of Hunter Boots and the right to sell stuff called hunter boots but i think the actual brand itself is kind of just 
gone. And and, and I was actually going to mention authentic because it sort of feels like your only path as a brand now, if you're struggling, is to either like go bankrupt or get bought by authentic brands. I know. Um, you just wrote but, that they're trying to up their luxury cred, right? Like this. Could yeah. Pay. Yeah, because they they had um, they didn't buy, but they had some sort of complicated deal worked out with Vince where they were going to sell like Vince branded stuff. And that was, I remember at the time the CEO saying that that was kind of like their first push towards uh kind of luxury, although they also own Brooks brothers. So they've got some stuff that's a little more upscale, but a lot of it is like kind of mall brands that they bought for like, I'm sure pennies or something. Um, but yeah, the, it, it's interesting. The fact that it was so sudden. And like you said, they just had a show recently. They just had a new category like it. it and then it kind of came out of nowhere. I think my my take on that is that it's probably due to sort of thin margins and like a business model that's like you're it's working and it's fine as long as sales do not drop. And then the moment they do, it's like suddenly everything falls apart. You know, if you're just barely keeping ahead of loans and costs and all this stuff even if you're doing good business it's like if you have one quarter of sales lower or you know some sort of unforeseen disaster it's like everything just falls apart since we're in kind of an economic environment that is much more like we need returns now and not so much yeah it's okay pay us back or whatever or we'll see profitability in five years or something i think we're going to see a lot of brands that are may seem like they're doing well but are actually just barely ahead of their costs and you know if they suddenly have to pay back debts or something or something comes up it i don't know i just imagine there's going to be a lot more brand closure soon Yes. And maybe not as, um, I guess, shocking as I initially said, because they did close a store during the pandemic. They did have a one round of layoffs. And maybe that was like, this is where we're going to cut. We'll be fine from there. And like you said, another shoe dropped. And then that was that. And we then that's be, that. Yep. Womp. <laughs> it's kind of a, a, a dark time, not even just for fashion. I feel like every industry is like suddenly uh, like everything's like tightening really fast. You know, everybody's like the, the good times are kind of over across a lot of industries. Um, anyway, that will, will be on top of that though. Um, let's move on to our final topic. So Vans announced this week in Paris that they are launching a new premium label that's called OTW by Vans. I'm pretty sure OTW is off the wall, um, which is part of their like name and slogan for a while. Um, but it's kind of going to be the home for all of their, higher end like collaborations and high fashion kind of stuff um which they've already done but it's kind of just been part of vans it hasn't really been its own thing or you know separated out in any sort of distinct way um they're actually gonna i think they announced a second line as well called premium standard which is gonna be like just fancier slightly more expensive versions of their core lineup um so to me i thought i thought it was interesting because vans is one of those brands this is not an ad or anything, but I'm a big fan of Vans. I've like owned Vans sneakers for a long time. I really like them. They you can get them for like 60 bucks or like 40 a lot of times when they're on sale. Like they're very affordable and very nice and they've been cool for such a long time. I've sort of felt like Vans has had the runway to do something like this for years and I'm a little surprised it took them this long to just fully commit to like a high fashion more expensive like premium line you know they, they've done tons of collaborations and they've done tons of cool stuff it feels like it makes perfect sense for them to kind of separate it out i don't know what what are, what's your take 
Yeah, well, they've kind of done this like with Vans Vault, and that's why everybody's like, well, how is this different? So Vans Vault. That's right, yeah. Yeah. But they're closing Vault, I think, and this is like replacing Vault. Yeah, but like, why? So it's what they're explaining is that Vault was more like they collaborate, and their, I guess, their end of the stick was that they're bringing this kind of classic Vans. It's all about the classic look, the... I don't want to say old school, but like traditional Vans, look, feel, vibe. Um, mm. And so with the new take, they what they want to bring to the mix, they didn't, it wasn't said in, the, in such a way, but like the skateboard, skateboarder mindset where it's more daring and it's more, um, yeah, out there, I guess, as opposed to classic. Um, we'll see. They're bringing in some like, I don't know, People who I'm excited to see what they do. Uh, we Lainey Alabanza, uh, founder of Hell's Bells. She's going to be doing the uh, apparel and accessories. Fan of Lainey. So that will be great. Yeah. And I wonder if they're going to, if this will affect their store strategy, because I'm pretty sure they have some like physical stores that are just vault stuff, like just for their collaborations and one-offs and stuff. I, I, there's one in Brooklyn, I think that I bought a pair of, Vans that they did a collaboration with um, Taka Hayashi is a Japanese artist. And they're like one of my favorite pairs of sneakers. I wear them all the time. Um, so I wonder if those, if they'll, they'll will be like an OTW store that's kind of separated out and just have all those cool products kind of housed in one place. Do you, do you think that this is like, I feel like it's copying the Carhartt model. I feel like it's Carhartt WIP meets Vans yeah. OTW. Like, Definitely Carhartt did that. It's the same. I mean, it's not workwear, but um, successfully respected. I mean, Vans is already respected by streetwear fans. It's hard. I'm sure, um, you know, there's stats out there, numbers, VF, VF Corp, their parent company, ain't doing great. Uh, they had a net loss fourth quarter of $215 million, and Vans was part of that dropping revenue. So, um dropping 14%. So they need to step it up. There's kind of that question mark of like, why didn't they, why haven't they already kind of uh, leaned into their cool factor? It's it reminded me of conversations we've had in the past, like Reebok, like where they didn't like get on the wave, like maybe the Adidas and the Nikes of the world. Um, they kind of got left in the dust, but on the skateboarder, skatewear side, I don't know that there is somebody that really has done that as opposed to them, yeah. but go ahead. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I wonder if somebody at Vans was, you know, looking at some cool streetwear or fashion influencer who's wearing like Prada and Gucci and that each costs like $800 and then Vans for like 60 bucks and thinking that person probably would have bought Vans if they were $200 instead of $60 and just feeling like there's money left on the table. Because I think part of the appeal is that they're affordable and cool and them being affordable means that they were popular with like young teen skateboarders and that made them cool. So the affordability is part of what made them, you know, a big deal. Uh, but I, yeah, I definitely think they, they clearly have this customer. Like they have a person who is very fashion forward and is willing to spend a lot of money on expensive clothes. And I wonder if they're thinking like, let's make vans for those people that are, that will spend that money. You know, we've, we've talked about how I think there's a number of brands kind of looking to court a more affluent customer right now because those people still have money and are not like being laid off from their jobs. Um, so 
there's I think that's part of it as well. Like let's uh, you know, if our normal customer who likes us because we're not that expensive is like being squeezed in other parts, they're spending less. Let's go after this other customer who's not feeling that pressure as much, you know? Yeah, I think you're onto something. Look at the success of like the Adidas Samba. Like who the, everybody and their mama is wearing it. Everybody wants it. The classic, of course, Gucci has collaborated with Adidas and they've come out with their own version. That was, was that Samba or was that with the other similar style? Anyway, like I want to know, like Gucci and, and Vans Bald have collaborated in the past. What is the price point on that? Because I don't really understand the, I, I guess, high-end play here. Like you don't, designer, high-end doesn't, typically they have recently, we've talked about this, but like collaborate with high-end. So like, you know, like if you want to really go, but they also, they're not just wanting to collaborate with brands or wanting to collaborate with skateboarders and designers and artists and and maybe it does make sense while you were talking i was just looking it up and i think the gucci vans collab from a couple of months ago is like vans price not gucci price i think oh, it's interesting. Like pretty, pretty affordable but also i'm seeing that gucci has a what i think is not a collaboration with vans but looks exactly like a van slip-on for like 700 dollars. so maybe gucci's like making out on that one and Vans might not be like, I I just feel like Vans might just think that their brand is more valuable than what they're getting from it right now. And they're just like, what are some ways we can get this customer to spend Gucci prices? I don't know actually what OTW's price is going to be. I'm sure it won't be $700, but yeah, they, they said they not luxury, feel, but higher. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they can, they just feel that they could squeeze a little more out of some of these customers. And like you said, VF Corp, maybe not doing so hot. There's probably some directives internally of like, let's let's juice up the revenue here. Higher margins. Meanwhile, everybody is like pinching pennies. I don't know if it's a good time for this. We'll see. <laughs> it's, I, I am so glad that I don't have to make these decisions because it's easy for me to be like, this was stupid or this was smart. But I'm like, I don't have to do any of that stuff. I, I can't imagine how high stress it must be for a lot of brands. You shoes um, better look good. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm interested to see just as a consumer. Like I said, I really like Vans, so I will be at least checking it out. But if it's seven hundred dollars, I I won't be there probably. So I think that's all the time we have, Jill. This is so fun. Thank you for coming back, and um, I'm glad you had a good vacation. Um, for those of you listening, don't forget to give us a rating and a review, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this. That helps us out a lot. And don't forget to subscribe to the Glossy Podcast because you will hear weekend review episodes every Friday with me and Jill, sometimes with guest hosts like we had Frank from Sotheby's last week, who was so good. And then, of course, you'll hear industry insider interviews every Wednesday hosted by Jill or by me. Always a lot of cool people with cool things to say. Until next week, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.